Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Hello, I'm Richard Hattersley and welcome to No Accounts with Taste. This week we're talking about the expanded job support scheme and what it means for accountants and their clients who have been plunged into the tier three lockdown areas. Joining me to discuss all this and the latest headlines this week is AccountWeb's Editor-in-Chief, John Stockdyke. Hi, John. Hi, Richard. Always nice to be here with you. And in Accountants Corner today, we welcome Alan Woods from Woods Squared. Hi, Alan. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Uh, hi, Richard. Hi, John. Now, Alan, you're based in Merseyside, uh, which has been hit by these new COVID restrictions. We're going to be talking at length about the expanded job support scheme later, but just initially then, just how are you and your clients holding up with the prospect of further restrictions that's likely to hit their business? I think the biggest thing that we found with the clients and the businesses we're speaking to is just an element of a um, little, bit, little bit of frustration, um, to be honest, but also just that unknown as well um, in terms of how long we may well be in tier three, um, exactly what additional financial support might be available. Um, and I will touch on a few things as we go through the call, but um, a lot of those job support schemes and the initiatives don't start till the 1st of November. Um, so it's just an interesting period, certainly for, for a lot of our clients and people we're speaking to between now and then. Well, we'll be looking at that issue throughout today's programme and we'll be going in depth about just what Alan's doing to help his clients. Um, so we'll start with our fifth biggest story on Account Web over the past week. And this one comes in from Alex falcon who reports that she's received debt collection letters accidentally sent by HMRC. Alex said uh, HMRC tends to send bulk letters out or send outstanding debt taxes um, to their debt collection agency to chase for unpaid taxes. Uh, this places immense pressure for both the client and accountant as they would need to call HMRC to explain or put a stop to it. That's one aspect of the piece. There's another part which we'll get to shortly. But Alan, this is something which you've um, had the misfortune of dealing with over the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it has actually. I mean, one of the one of the worst issues we we found, and it's always been a, an issue with the revenue, regardless of the, the lockdown, is is pay as you earn. Um, we've got a number of clients that have made overpayments in pay as you earn just because of various reliefs they may have got during the year, which then meant that payments have been, um, you know, more than needed. Um, I had a conversation with the revenue trying to get that back. And I spoke to them beginning of September and they told me that money would be back in our client's bank in February. Um, so that's sort of the opposite end, I suppose, from the, the debt collection side. But um, yeah, it, it, it is a big frustration from, from accountants. Um, probably even worse for business owners if they're having to deal with this themselves to, to deal with the revenue because they, they don't really have any kind of, um, they don't always seem to have any compassion or empathy uh, when you're trying to speak to people and don't perhaps always appreciate the, the level of concern and stress and worry that the, you know, the brown envelope creates when it lands on the, on the, on the doormat. Absolutely. And um, the second aspect of Alex's piece, now this piece was written before the Chancellor announced the number of new schemes that um, he was set to release to help 
the the prospect of uh, fears and local restrictions. Um, and so Alex was thinking ahead about this, the the prospect of a second wave, and she was, and what she was doing in advising her clients, um, especially around uh, the tax deferrals, um, and advising them that uh, keeping as much liquid cash in the bank as possible to ensure business continuity. Um, Alan, your clients, as we mentioned at the top of today's program, are going under some tough restrictions. Uh, coming in the day of today's recording so what sort of conversations are you having your clients just to to help them and are these any different to what you were having during the first lockdown uh they're different in the sense that it, it's now extending that window of uncertainty and not not really being able to guarantee any any additional you know cash flow generation i suppose um so definitely like what alex says in the article it, it is about holding on to cash, um, making sure that you don't just kind of head down as a business owner and, and just get busy with with dealing with the issues of today and don't look up over the horizon. Um, as you say, they've, they've made some changes to when payments will be due now next year. But, um, you know, prior to those changes, 2021 would have been probably even worse for a lot of businesses than, than 2020 has been with, with those deferred payments then needing to be paid. Um, the bounce back loans or the Sybil's payments needing to be starting to be repaid and any business rates holidays or business rates reliefs coming to an end as well. So um, we, we've always been trying to you know, make our business clients aware that it's bad now, but if they don't think it forwards for 2021, that's when the real troubles, you know, will will start to hit them. Yeah, can I jump in on this this one as well? Just because um, I, I was Alex's story. She first revealed the her debt letters, and and uh, it was confirmed by um, Stephen Paul as well uh, from Valued Accountancy. They were they were appearing in a a webcast I did for Accounting Web Live with them with Caroline Plum from Fluidly, and they, it was it was in the shadow of the second wave at that point. It was a couple of weeks ago now uh, when they revealed this and. I think it was at the point when you know the, the chancellor showed some sensitivity. It became very clear that all the accountants were saying, you know, we're heading for just absolute cash car crash in kind of January, February, April next year. Um, so the loan extensions moved the repayments back. Um, you know, the tax deferrals were helpful, but but it's this this classic sort of elbow and uh, other extremity um, arrangement with HMRC that that. You know, while the chancellor gives us one hand and shows some understanding, the bureaucratic machinery and and I might have to point out here as well, given some of the other things we've reported on about the private sector solutions that that you know outsourcing debt management to the two private agencies is just as I say causing stress and and bureaucratic complexity that surely could be simplified. I mean, don't want to get my high horse, but I would recommend it, you know not just for the the specifics, but for trying to deal with that uncertainty and and, and the kind of pastoral care you need to offer clients. Um, Alex, Caroline, and and Stephen were, were, gave some great advice, and I'm sure Alan, you probably got your own solutions and techniques. But uh, you know, that's just my little snippet on that. I don't think I'll, I'll try not to uh, <laughs> commentate at length on every story, but but cash flow really has been the issue of the year so far for accountants. You know, obviously the 
virus has dominated everything, but it's that cash impact that, that we're all suddenly really, really conscious of. Alan, is that something which you would echo? Is that something which you've you sort of felt in your practice? Yeah, massively. The the biggest biggest questions we're we're having, obviously, initially when the first lockdown happened, was you know what support is there? How do, how do we get it? Um, how does how does the furlough scheme work? What is furlough? Um, that question seems to have gone away a little bit now. But uh, yeah, I think with the deferrals, as, as John was saying there, that the, the the challenge I think we're going to have and businesses are going to have over the next six months with these new support measures um, is the fact that they're, they're they're almost in arrears now. So, you know, there is going to need to be a, a real, real tight monitoring of cash flow so that businesses can actually make those payments initially for employees or whatever else it is to then be able to make the claims to be able to get the money back into the business, um, which hasn't been the case so far, at least the, the money's been coming in almost at the same time when the money needs to go out um but you know that that is that is due to change from first of november absolutely well we'll be talking more about that later on in today's program let's move on to the fourth most read story and this one is an ir35 story it comes from uh, david kick who explains that the standard umbrella company model will not work under the off payroll rules from the 6th of april 2021 due to a last minute change in the law. HMRC described the new edition as one of a number of incidental changes and corrections to ensure the legislation applies as intended. Unfortunately, as David Kirk says, it goes uh, goes quite along a lot of further with consequences that umbrella companies are going to need to think carefully about because on the face of it, the standard umbrella model will no longer work from the 6th of April 20. So, John, it feels like just another one of those 11th hour surprises, one of those ugly surprises which creeps up. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we'll, we'll be hearing a lot more about this. David Kirk is coming back with a deeper explanation on, on the implications. Um, everybody's kind of been on, you know, in suspended animation on the off payroll rules for the private sector uh, from next April. But this just as I say, a lot of people thought the umbrella route, you know, would be a, a, was a viable alternative, and just literally with a kind of David was pretty scathing about the quality of the, the legislative drafting, but you know, a few ill-defined words looks like it, 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 you know, may throw a whole portion of the industry and the flexible, you know, freelance and contracting sector into disarray. So, um, you know, it's it's just the latest episode in a long and and kind of fairly. Fair, not well. It's like maybe for some people, tragic. Not not on the scale of maybe the virus, but it's it's not a pretty episode, and and things won't probably get any better before April. There's a lot of you know, ju- just what everyone needs is some IR35 client crises between now and then. Uh, Alan, I'm sure for some it is a great stress for them already, on top of everything else they're dealing with. But for people who don't deal with these clients, I guess it's just a sigh of relief that that you don't. Yeah, there is there is that to it um, because I think yeah, if that was also in the mix, you know, and you think we've got to deal with the the transition, you know, with regards to the Brexit as well through this process, and you know, over the next few months, so you know, there's there's a, there's enough for, for accountants and business owners to be uh, focusing on and be concerned with. Um, so IR35 was another one that was thrown into the mix. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it would definitely definitely make it a, a really really stressful and worrying period. Absolutely. Well, we're going to move on to our third most read story. And um, I'm sure, Alan, this is something 
which you're getting your head around at the moment with everything that's going on uh, where you're based. So this is the news that um, that came about at the end of last week, where uh, Chancellor Rishi Sunak uh, attempted to calm the fears of a second spike by expanding the job support scheme. And so this would be for areas and businesses forced to close their doors as part of local or national restrictions. Soon after, we heard news then about the tier system with Alan, your, where, where you're based being plunged into the, um, the top level of that tier three. So this very much affects you. So um, initially then, what was your reaction when you heard the news about the job support scheme being expanded? Yeah, I mean, I think the initial reaction to the job support scheme and the uh, the grants that come alongside that, I think I think in essence they were they were positive. You know, it was a positive announcement for for businesses that were going to have to be closed um, for whatever reason, for them to at least have that reassurance that there was some level of support there greater than what was due to be coming in for for sort of other other people through the job support scheme. Um, I think I've heard a few people challenge the amount and uh, sort of say well why isn't it 80 percent like it was in the first wave um how come how come people can now survive on 66 percent um compared to 80 percent when this first first sort of start started um which i de definitely would agree with um because you know that there are our daily bills you know you, you can't go into the supermarket and just pay for 66 percent of your shopping um so it it seems strange that it hasn't necessarily been matched back to um, what the original um, support was. Uh, and I say, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I think the, the key one for this for a lot of business owners is going to be the the need for them to actually fund the, the payroll payments in November to then make the claim and get that money back in December. Um, so I think you know that's a that's a massive change from an employer's point of view. Um, whilst there'll be minimal cost in a sense in terms of them only being responsible for the ni and the pension the cash flow implications could you know could just be the you know the, the straw that breaks the camel's back um given that they're, they're obviously closed um, and have got no income coming into the business during that month so these these restrictions come in this week and um if i understand correctly it means that some a, a number of hospitality-based business businesses amongst others will be forced to close. Um, Alan, is this going to affect many of your clients? Are they going to be having to take up the scheme? Um, yeah, definitely. There'll be, there'll be a number of our clients that will need to take up the scheme. Um, the challenge they've got is that this scheme doesn't start until 1st of November. So between now and then, the, the support that they've got is just the, the existing furlough scheme um, for, the, for the remainder of October. Um, and the existing grant scheme, which is uh, £1,500 maximum for a three-week period rather than the £3,000, which is referred to in the extended scheme. Um, I think as well, the biggest challenge that we've seen is that the sectors now that are being affected in terms of gyms, uh, bars and pubs, um, for me, the biggest biggest area of uh, self-employment if you like that's been missed there are all those all those self-employed people that, that provide services to those industries um, you just need to think about gyms most of the personal trainers that work in gyms are self-employed um, most of the particularly now coming up to Christmas more so than ever 
there'll be a lot of people that would have been providing entertainment, whether that be singers or bands, you know, those again would be self-employed um, in the main. So that there's a huge number of businesses um, within the supply chain of those ones that are now being forced to close, which just aren't fairly represented at all. Um, obviously the self-employed get the 20% um, grant um, under, the, under the, the third tranche of that self-employment scheme. But, you know, that, that isn't sufficient. There's certainly not enough when, you know, many of those businesses would probably be having their best period of trade um, coming up to Christmas time. And, you know, they've, they've, they're going to miss out on that now. And a reaction which we're seeing on Accounting Web from a lot of our readings is, is just this feeling of exasperation that you're, that the guidance of, that the, the, the announcement's been made, but they're, they're still waiting on the final, the finer detail and they're getting these calls from clients and they're just having to, 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 to shrug in a way because they just don't know what to advise if, if the, 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 the detail has not been released. Is that the case with you or, or are you able to have those conversations? Um, no, very, very much like that. I think from, from day one, um, there's always been the, the announcements, whether it be at the daily press conferences when they were, when they were happening, um, the Chancellor or you know, the Prime Minister or someone would announce a certain, um, certain restriction or a certain um, measure of support. And it can then sometimes take up to a matter of you know, three or four weeks until the full detail is, has been released. Um, and I think what accountants and certainly we've been having to do during that period is try to advise our, our business clients as best we can based on our, our sort of understanding. Um, and as things change and as new um, guidance or new help sheets were, were released and examples were released, we would then be sharing those updates um, with clients. So it, it does make it really difficult for, for businesses just to be able to plan, you know, what, what is actually going to happen? How are they actually, you know, what's the mechanics of being able to make these claims um, how long will it take to get the cash um, and I appreciate that you know they're trying to do things now to check the claim based on RTI submissions before they release the grant um, but that that doesn't help that doesn't help businesses when they're when they're trying to plan and you know they feel responsible you know I've, I've dealt with business owners I've, I am a business owner myself you, you feel responsible for your employees and their ability to pay their bills um, and again that's just an added an added pressure and added piece of stress on on businesses that you know just isn't isn't great and as I say that the, the lack of plan as properly for all of these changes is just um, just adds to that yeah I mean I'd, I'd like to amplify that on behalf of our members as well um, just the level of, of anguish and exasperation with the schemes, uh, you know, even just what they're called now, I think the job support scheme uh, too, I mean, I think that's what it was presented as, but I th if effectively it's really what, what he released uh, last week was, was more the coronavirus job retention scheme, you know, Mark three. So for, you know, the third variant of furlough. And I think someone commented on that article saying, you know, for God's sake, job support scheme, they haven't even given us the details of the of the the original job support scheme, and it's been you know we've we've been swamped by this this new twist with a new name. Uh, you know we're going to get on it in uh, in the next article as well. But one 
there <clears throat> it's kind of unraveling the making up the the policy and the support schemes as we go, go along and piling a scheme upon scheme on top of each other with new and different guidance and conditions and criteria uh it's a complete dog's breakfast now and, and really incoherent i remember at the start saying wondering on the site why why you know perhaps maybe some concept of universal basic income isn't wasn't just introduced and, and i think some governments are doing that uh, i mean i think the accounting web members thought you know tutted and said it wouldn't work it's unfair and you know a couple of thousand you know 1500 a month wouldn't get you wouldn't cover your rent in central london for example but um yeah it's it's really getting beyond a joke and 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 as I say, some people just probably are going to walk away from the job of support scheme as presented because a it's too complex and, and as Alan was hinting, it, it probably isn't going to support some of those jobs and, and people will be made redundant. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, John. I think the conversations I'm having with with clients at the moment, particularly with the with the first version, if you like, the original version of the job support scheme, I'm, I'm challenging our clients to almost you know think twice before they look to offer that to their to their employees because can you know can they afford can they afford to be paying the contribution that they need to pay towards that for someone you know i think in essence you're paying sort of 66 67 percent of the, the wage costs for someone who's doing a third of the hours um and that's not you know that's not sustainable for a business when they're in profit never mind you know in this current climate so um i think what the what the government have done is passed that responsibility of being the bad guy to in terms of their employees over to the employer rather than the government stepping forward and, and handling that themselves. And many of our readers have been, are used to uh, having to deal with uh, different tax bans, different taxes with uh, devolution, but the local lockdowns have really... Uh, change that game again with um, different rules throughout the whole country and in different areas. And it, it, it just means that that guidance is even more important than ever, isn't it, Alan, just to be able to have that as confirmation so you can uh, really guide your clients through this period of uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, the, the devil is always in the detail, isn't it? And I think at the moment, um, headlines, and I'm, I'm getting more and more frustrated that over the over the weekend, um, since the the, the tiers, tiers um, system in terms of the lockdown, obviously we've gone into that today in terms of the Liverpool city region. Um, I'm getting more and more frustrated that people keep referring back to the fact that the job support scheme is there for businesses that are closed and um, not really appreciating the fact that it, it isn't even available yet. Um, so businesses have been closed or are closing today in within the Liverpool City region. And yes, they might get some furlough payments this month. Uh, they might get the reduced grant this month if they're eligible, but they're they're not going to see the benefits of these new new um, support schemes until after the first of November. Um, and for for many businesses, you know that 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 might be too late. People can't people can't wait two months um, for that payment to come through to be able to pay 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 rent, pay overheads, pay employees, pay suppliers. Um, so it it is causing a real um, a, a real concern within the within the Liverpool City region. Well, let's move on to our second most read story, and this one is um, about the uh, professional services grant which was announced um, 
uh, a couple of months back, uh, which was for um, for businesses to have access to professional to professional advice such as accountancy and. Unfortunately, as we have soon learned over the last week or so, is that this became a bit of a lottery where many, um, many businesses were left empty handed and unable to claim this grant. Alan, have, were, were you able to uh, get your hands on this grant at all in your area or did your clients, were they unable to access this like, like we were seeing across the country? Yeah, well, the, the only I've only seen one client um, that's actually been able to to get a grant, um, which was which was great for obviously for them. But the yeah, that the within within our region, obviously Liverpool City region was the was the area that was um, operating the grants for, for ourselves. I think we had a total of um, three hundred and fifty uh, grants that were being made available. For, for the whole of the business community in the Liverpool city region. And, and there must be, you know, there must be 20,000 businesses in that area. So straight away, you know, if you do the maths, um, you know, 20 million pounds as a headline for a fund that was made available for these, um, these schemes and these, this initiative sounded great, but it, it just doesn't go, you know, just didn't go far enough. It didn't, it didn't stretch far enough. Um, and yeah, certainly we've, you know, we've not had any, um, other than that one one client and even then they got approved for that grant last Monday and um, we're still waiting for them to send out the, the the form to actually be able to sign the form so that they can then go ahead and purchase the the, 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 the equipment as it was in that case um, that they needed as part of that application so um, yes it's a lottery uh, yes it was massively underfunded um, great headline again but not necessarily going to provide the as an effective solution or support mechanism um and also yeah a total lottery particularly um in in our area i know in, in others is the same there's there's you know it's it's just fastest finger first you know that was almost what it was you had to be ready to fill in your forms um our applications closed on the first round after 28 minutes um so yeah it just it just isn't isn't really hasn't really been fit for purpose in that sense John, it's, it's, um, it was described by um, uh, Paul Late, an Accounting Excellence Award winner uh, last year. He described it as a wet firewick. Hmm. We, we have seen a lot of these grants coming up over the last few months um, in dealing with COVID, and um, a lot of them are very variable in, in their success, aren't they? They are, and uh, I guess I could make a prediction that next week I think we'll be talking about the, the bounce-back loan scheme, which actually you know got money to the right places quite quite quickly you know give give it its due but uh, at the cost of a lot of fraud so i think i think that will be coming up but if you remember with the bounce back loans and the the coronavirus business interruption loans you know that was three three hundred and fifty billion of government support it was a great budget day promise um and i think we i think we've got over a a, a tenth of that figure now but a classic thing of, of uh, this isn't a this isn't a kind of crisis really that that should be and it will be managed effectively by headlines alone um and again we just over and over <laughs> keep probably repeating that mantra but it's getting tiresome but but really some 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 profound understandings of what we're going through and that that 
it's not a media relations exercise anymore or, or, or perception. It's, you know, let's get on the ground and, and deal with something that is going to be have long lasting health effects. And, and, you know, we're here wrestling with the economic effects, just you know, Alan in one region is, is, is highlighting, you know, he's, he's a bit of our guinea pig here or our canary, but, um, you know, we're going to see more of this and it really, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, I'm learning a lot from you, Alan, but it isn't very uh, sort of, <laughs> isn't fuel for optimism. No, no, it, it, it is, it is a, a, a tip, a t- tough, uh, obviously we, we are a bit of the guinea pigs. I think that's what, you know, finding out we were the only region at tier three was, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily something to be something to, to be proud of. We, we do accept as a region that we have got, you know, high case numbers. We do definitely need to do something about the, the, the rate of infection and, and the rest of it in terms of a health point of view. Um, but we also need to, to balance that as much as with the economic side, but also with the mental health aspects, um, because we all know how stressful it is to, to be in business at the best of times and to be now dealing with the challenges over 2020. Um, you know, it's, it's a real, um, it has been a real struggle. Um, and I think it will, con- it will continue to be, um, and, and I think as well, because now they are doing it on a localised level, which I think obviously makes it easier for the local authorities to manage uh, the support and the packages that are there for the businesses in their region. I think the danger there can can be sometimes is that you then feel like you, maybe we're not all in this together, like we perhaps felt a bit more like that at the beginning. Um, you know, it was national lockdowns. We were all being asked to do the same things. Um, now there appears to be, you know, different pockets being asked to do different um taking different measures and having different impacts um, sort of put, put, put against them, uh, which then just makes that more, I think, more more challenging, I think, for, for people to, to, to manage and, uh, and deal with. Absolutely. Well, we're going to conclude today's um, podcast with our most read story and is another piece of guidance, and we had more of this come out over the last couple of weeks, which was the job retention bonus. Uh, Kate Upcraft explained the details of of what uh, of the law and um, and what what businesses can expect if they do decide to take up this one thousand pound bonus if they retain employees um, uh, into the new year. So, Alan, is this a conversation you're having with their clients? Are they uh, chomping at the bit to get their whole, their hand at this one thousand pound bonus? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think it's balanced because obviously the conversations we're having with people is that, you know, there's you, you don't want to be in a horrible way. You don't want to be retaining employees just to get the grant. Um, it needs to be a, a commercial decision in, in the first place that that's the right thing to do. Um, but also, I think what we found, I think probably a lot of accountants in other areas will, will have found as well, is that just because of the nature of the, the way that the the funding has been set out we've got a number of we've got a number of clients that potentially will benefit quite nicely from this bonus um they haven't necessarily been you know massively adversely affected from their downturn in business but they did utilize the the job uh, job retention scheme when it was initially started um they have retained those employees when they when they've come back and they plan to continue with that um so again there will be some businesses that actually potentially get money that will be you know a nice bonus for them as it actually as it's described um but probably they would have retained those employees anyway 
so I think then you know it's it's it again just maybe isn't quite as um, representative perhaps as it might be for those industries that are, are most in need to just be have some form of different eligibility so that they definitely get their support um, and are encouraged as much as possible to retain employment, which is what these whole uh, job retention scheme, job support scheme is, is, has all been about. Um, it's all about retaining employment. And I don't think necessarily it's been it's been maybe focused and geared to the right industries and the right sectors. John, any any thoughts on the job retention scheme? Do you think it's going to be a, a rip-roaring success? No, I, I, think, I, think, I think we've probably published six or seven similar get-the-details-right summary pieces. Um, and this one, I mean, it was, it was a big issue last week and it was useful for Kate to get the um, kind of directions from the Treasury and, and condense it into the basics, guys. But I think it's, it's probably quite far down the pile of the uh, CJRS 1, CJRS 2, the Job Support Scheme 1 and 2. So, so it's, it's probably quite far back in the queue. And as I was probably ranting earlier, um, I think it's to the ultimate you know, detriment of, of the overall strategy that, that everything's been bundled up into different, con- not quite conflicting, but overlapping and confused schemes. Um, you know, really simplify. You know, we've we've created a, a regulatory system out of nothing in the space of a year, and even then, the civil servants and HMRC and the government just can't get away from complicating, overcomplicating it. Um, so, a plea for simplicity in all things is the only thing. You know, and, and it's a fairly, fairly sort of <laughs> a plea from the wilderness. I mean, I'm sure a lot of all other accountants are, are say and business owners are saying the same thing, but. Um, I'm not sure our voices are heard, being heard just now. Uh, I, I think that's uh, the right note to end on there, John. Um, so... happy, happy, optimistic note. <laughs> well, Alan, um, we, as always, we, we, we wish you luck during this, this time and, and hope that it's, it, it um, blows over as quick as possible and, and, it, and it doesn't have a long-term effect on, on you and your clients. So, um, best of luck. Where can uh, we find out more if people are getting contact with you or any or find out more about Wood, Wood Squared? Uh, yeah, no, uh, thanks, Richard. Thanks, John. Um, yeah, no, um, if, if you want to find out more about um, about me or about Wood Squared, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Alan Woods FCCA. Um, we've got a website, www.woods-squared.co.uk, uh, and also we're on Twitter, which is at Wood Squared. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get in touch uh, feel free to use any of those to, to reach out yeah, and if i can step in very briefly alan you're you you always have the ultimate credential for us on accounting web as, as being the advisory accountant because it, it was now a few years ago but i remember when you uh, took on the brave task of offering uh, business advice to santa uh, in the pre we are getting ready for Christmas, so uh, we should dig that out because it was some very essential stuff about managing his cash flow and workforce. And so maybe there's there's something we all could all learn from that in the next few months uh, to help us through this crisis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm not too sure whether whether Santa has been able to to take advantage of any of this any of the support schemes so far. But uh, yeah, definitely, um, any businesses like that, it might, yeah, might be might be something to, to revisit in terms of that that particular article. Yeah. Well, Alan, if if you do get a chance to have a good word with the man himself, do put a good <laughs> word in for us here at Accounting Web. Uh, well, um, all that's left to say is that um, 
all the news from the world of accountancy you'll be able to find on accountweb.co.uk and you'll be able to catch up with, with no accountable taste again next time where we'll be joined by another accountant and we'll be looking over the top stories from the world of accountancy but until then i've been richard hattersley uh, he's been john stockdyke and he's been alan woods so until next time bye for now <laughs>